This episode of the podcast is part of our ongoing look at the authors and creatives taking part in the Lancashire Stories project. Lancashire Stories is an Arts Council England project grant funded scheme which sees Lancashire County Council's library service working in conjunction with UCLan Publishing, Blackburn with Darwin Libraries and Blackpool Libraries to publish a brand new collection of short stories. The stories will be written by professional authors with a connection to Lancashire and will be available free of charge for people across the county both in physical and ebook form. To hear more about this exciting project as it progresses, follow us on social media at Lanx Libraries or subscribe to this podcast to get notifications when a new episode is released. Uh, so I'm here today with Peter Carlow, who is one of our Lancashire Stories authors, uh, to talk to Peter about the, the project and uh, about his writing background. Peter, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's uh, the sun blazing away. Uh, there's no one knocking on my door, I hope, uh, chasing <laughs> death. So I've not yet turned the heating on, so I'm feeling good. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's turning the heating on to the last resort, isn't it, at the minute? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it's really good to catch up with you uh, and talk to you about Lancashire Stories. Um, we're now getting a little bit closer to when we release the stories. We're uh, a little over two months away, so it's uh, it's getting quite exciting from our end. We're really looking forward to people being able to read them. Um, so I thought I'd start today by talking to you a little bit about your background um, and how you became a writer, and um, and maybe if you could let people know a bit about what other things that you've done. Um, uh, and and how they would go about reading those or experiencing those things? Um, I guess I came to be a writer by accident. Uh, <laughs> I think I had a very high level of competence in other areas, and uh, my general all-round incompetence that led me to be evicted from various other potential careers. <laughs> and uh, I landed on my backside uh, with a pen <laughs> and a piece of paper, and I just started scribbling away. I began with poetry and um, moved across from poetry to fiction, uh, short fiction, and then to radio, started working for writing radio plays, theatre plays, and then uh, longer fiction, then backtracked to theatre and sideways into TV and across into film. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wandering soul. <laughs> but, yeah, always writing. It's always been the one thing that I've enjoyed, even if it, my writing didn't get published or, you know, didn't uh, pay the bills from time to time. Nevertheless, it, 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 as a process, it's been so enjoyable. It always is that, that uh, it's where I get lost and find myself. So from uh, we've we've spoken a few times over the sort of the course of this project, and one thing that struck me is that you always seem um, really enthusiastic, and your mind seems to be active all the time. Is that something do you think that contributes then to that uh, um, need to to you to use different disciplines, um, and where maybe why you go to, to different forms of writing? 
Absolutely, I think I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there because I remember I once wrote um, a romantic comedy and it sold like hotcakes, you know. And my publisher was like, "Go and do another one, do go another one. We can both become rich." And I was like, "No, you know, I'm bored now. <laughs> I've done that. I know how to do it. So I want to do something else now. I want to explore another form, a different way of writing." And yeah, there's there's something restless about the way in which I, I, I go about writing. Once I figured out something, usually a genre, then um, I rarely stay there or else I'll be writing two or three things at once so that I don't get stale. Um, and it is detrimental, I think, to your career, that awful word, <laughs> as, as a writer, because you do, nowadays, everything's a brand, isn't it, Robin? You meant to build a brand and the brand's got to have an identifiable set of characteristics and, you know... I don't, I don't conform. I'm like, just just today, I think I've just had an essay in crime fiction published, you know. I've been working on some songs, and uh, I've been working on a, a, a short story. So, yeah, I just hop from place to place. Uh, and it is to my detriment, I think, in that I'm absolutely on board with the idea that if you're stuck to one thing, you'd make more money. <laughs> but <laughs> it's something in me just won't do it. I think there's something, isn't there, that it must be a real challenge um, to be able to uh, stay within one set of parameters and just, it might be unfair to say churn out, but, you know, re- re- sort of do go through that process of doing something with along a similar similar set of lines, um, whereas having that freedom to follow your creative instincts must be really refreshing. It, it is, it is, and, and it's not, I must sort of, in my defence now, I say, you know, part of me, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, um, I used to be a translator, I used to translate French and Spanish into English, and uh, that takes a great deal of concentration and discipline, and it's and, and the erasure of your own ego, you know, as you're trying to really uh, ventriloquise what somebody has said in one language and find a fit in, in the other language, and... You know, I did actually, uh, somewhere along the, the slopes and hills of my life, I, I actually picked up a PhD in creative writing too, which took a certain amount of discipline, you know, to to develop the thesis and go into all the theory and, and, and stick with that one form, you know, uh, the, the academic form and, and, and the very, very narrow, all, all PhD theses in this world are about a tiny grain of sand, you know, <laughs> in the beach of life, you know. And, um, yeah, so I can stick to things, but I'm restless. Yeah, I always think I, I, I want to be doing something else as well. And maybe um, somebody once reflected that if you come from a background as I do, my father's Nigerian and my mother's Danish and I'm living in England, there isn't a kind of uniformity or monocultural impulse within me, perhaps. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been born into this kind of eclecticism and diversity and maybe I, I feel that my nature cannot be expressed in only one form or in one way so I kind of try and hit the ground running in all three directions which is probably a physical impossibility <laughs> but I try. That's a really fascinating way of looking at your, your, your sort of your personal diversity and how it affects your, um, your creativity. Uh, is, there, is, there a, is there a form that you sort of always go back to is there something that you that that is inherent in you that you feel that that's your natural um output yes 
I, w I would say that fiction actually is the one form, and uh, if you want to go heavy into it, you know, there's a, there's a theorist called Bakhtin who, who looked at um, you know, narratology, the, the study, what, what makes fiction so great, if you like, and you uh, were saying that it's, it's very much a dialogical form. It's a, it's a form in which you can have many voices, many people all talking to one another, at one another, with one another, and, and, and there isn't necessarily any one correct or right voice it, it, it's, it's, it's a it's a place of, for conversation for dialogue across ideas across personalities etc whereas say poetry it tends to have a singular voice you know when i was a poet and i still am a poet i still do write poetry but as a poet in my early days people would say pete you have to find your voice singular and i really struggled with it because i thought well you know what i don't have one voice i have, I have many voices and yes yeah, so i think that the great thing about fiction is that it allows you to create many voices uh, within one artistic piece and so yeah I, although i kind of go back to poetry and you know i've got poems up on youtube and god knows where but um i'm always coming back to fiction because i always i always i always find that it's the one thing that allows me to be all that i am rather than just one slice of who i am so when it comes to to working on new pieces do you tend to um write what whatever sort of seems to be hitting a chord with you or does it involve looking at what commissions are available and responding to what publishers are, are asking for is it a mix or? it is definitely a mix um generally when when i write um sometimes you there's this thing you know you sit your down in the chair and you start and if you've got no idea just just write any old thing and eventually you'll hit on something you know yeah. especially in the morning if i'm writing in the morning usually i'm probably at my most alert and uh, attuned to the creativity of the universe or whatever and usually i can hit on something but also uh, i often have a moment uh or, or a person and a moment uh, a character in a moment that i want to deliver and uh the novel that i've just written uh the, the long form novel which is one drop which had just been published over 2022 available everywhere uh, got out later robin um, <laughs> no we won't do just... we'll keep it in <laughs> cool um, I remember, it, 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 going back to 2017, I was being interviewed by somebody at uh, Lancaster University where I was doing the PhD, and she was talking about the creative futures and, 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 and how I go about writing it. And I said, well, at the moment, all I've got is one scene. I've got one moment where the character emerges from this really bleak, dystopian background, and they're carrying one piece of technology which is going to be so important to the future of the whole world as well as, as, as to themselves personally. Uh, and that was the only thing I had for that novel. And um, I'm kind of like, I just wrote to her. She's called Emily, Emily Spears. Uh, I, I, I wrote to her saying, Emily, you know how we did that interview? I said, I've got that one scene. Well, here's the entire novel. <laughs> and, and basically, it was a, I wrote the whole novel towards that scene. And that scene's right at the end, you know? And it, it's a beautiful thing when sometimes you can you can fulfill the ambition and fulfill the creative um, expectation that you've had. And, and to do that, you've got to carry it over five years. And so... I like when 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 I when I get asked to write short stories or whatever because they're not five year jobs. You know, <laughs> I could usually get something going in you know two or three months and and then you know it might be refined or whatever. But I've got the 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 essence of it in in it very very quickly. Uh, but yeah, everything comes from a moment, a scene, something that I've experienced or uh, felt, and I've thought 
I want to, I want to deliver that. I want, I want to, I want to see if I can capture that in, in this form. And, and the, when I say in this form, obviously it's literature. But uh, as you know, I kind of sometimes I've done music, and uh, uh, I, 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 I try to paint, but my paintings are terrible. <laughs> so sometimes I want to paint something. Uh, yeah. So it's just capturing that moment, that 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 feeling, and 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 seeing what is the best form to do it. And uh, nine times out of ten, it's literature, but occasionally I'll go I'll go in a different way. I think that's true about art as as a sort of as a, a genre as a a wide genre is that sometimes your creativity just comes out in different ways doesn't it and like you say it might be that you just sit down and one day you think i just want to paint or, or i need to get this out this energy out in some way um and it must be great to be able to do that i, I, I say that as someone that is not particularly uh great <laughs> creative expression of, of any way I'm, I'm musically inept um not great at writing not great at, uh, <laughs> at painting so it must be great to have that ability to uh, to express yourself um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, that that, that anybody's inept or. or <laughs> I, I think it, it's simply that it, it's incoherent. Your talent has has yet to come into full focus. You yes. Know? And you, you give it time, and you you you, you keep dabbling with the, with the thing, and in the end, you'll produce the one piece at least that no one else could have done except yourself. You know, and everyone's got something in them. Everyone's got a story at least that is their own unique story that that is. That would be brilliant if they just found the tools or the ways or the moment to write it. Uh, I, I really believe that. I'd, I don't think writers or artists are anything special. We just put a bit more time into the thing. <laughs> Maybe we, we exhibit a little bit more persistence or, or cussedness or <laughs> I don't know what it is. We're incompetent in everything else. Robin, you're probably so competent in so many other things, you know? <laughs> your competence is, 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 is you know, demise. <laughs> As an artist, maybe, you know? Um. So in terms of them process and how you go about doing your writing, do you, are you someone that needs routine or, or not at all? Do you, you sort of find time at a particular time of day? How, how does, what's the process look for you? Look like for you? I, I tend to write in the morning. Um, I've got a very clear routine over the last five, maybe 10 years. Uh, that I write in the morning from 8am till about midday. And I hate people in the morning, you know, even if I'm living with them, I say, like, please go away. You know, I don't, I don't want to see you, don't want to talk to you, don't ask me anything, you know, just leave me alone to write, you know, because cause I, 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 that's when the ideas are, uh, it's not so much that they're germinating in the morning, is that I have this weird thing that sometimes happens too, which is that I can dream what I want to write, you know, I'm, I'm asleep, but I'm awake and it's all happening in the dream. And so when I get up, I'm like, you know what? I, I guess we all know this. This occurs. You know, I gotta get it down before it's dispelled. You know, at the moment, my 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 biggest problem at the moment, Robin, is I have a cat, and the cat is not interested in all my artistic ambitions and muses and what have you. When I get up in the morning, the cat is like, just feed me. That's the only thing you need to think about. Just feed me. You know? And I'm like, I hate the stink of cat food. You know? And it's like, it really puts me off. <laughs> and I'm like, no cat, I'm not feeding you until I've written what I need to write. And the cat, to hell with your work. You know? <laughs> Get that food in my cat bowl now. That's how whale forever. You know? And um, yeah, so that's my. <laughs> even never mind humans. Even the cats get at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we yeah, I'm I, we have a cat as well that is very similar in the morning. It's we'll just cry until uh, until it's it's fed, and then it's fine. It'll go to sleep for about five hours. Um, 
So, so in terms of of writing, then, do you need to be in a, in a certain place? Do you need to go to your desk, or can you go out and about and sit on a bench or sit in a coffee shop? Yeah, it depends what I'm doing. If, if I'm doing a, a, a long piece or I want to concentrate, I really do feel, and maybe it's my own weakness, I read about writers who sit in cafes and who, who sit at a kitchen table and the kids milling around, you know, husbands, wives, you know, relationships, zing, zing, and that in all through the, 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 the writing the next chapter and stuff, and I just can't do it, you know, I, 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 I don't have that ability, I wish I did, so I tend to isolate myself, and um, if it's a big thing, then I used to go abroad, I used to go to France and sit in a, um, in a village in France with no internet, <laughs> and no mobile signal, <laughs> you know, I just take paper and pen and plow on each day, you know, each morning, yeah, that's effectively. Uh, that's the sort of really when I'm really concentrating um, but if it's something short stories I tend not to need to do that I can write them while still here uh, in my front room or whatever as long as I've got the the, the, the isolation the quiet or the, the, the lack of um, mental uh, disturbances if you like to to be able to concentrate on the thought at hand or the feeling at hand and somehow try and get it down. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to move on and talk a little bit about the actual project, uh, the Lancashire Stories um, project, uh, and a bit about your story without perhaps giving too much away um, at this stage. Um, do you want to give people a, a bit of a premise of what the story is um, and how you came up with the idea? Yeah, well, I do remember the uh, call-out, which, which said the story should be accessible and should be something that everyone can engage with, and uh, the audience will be young, adult, adult and um, the language should be should should be accessible too. And I've been re- writing YA for a while, and I thought nothing's more accessible than music. We can all tap to the beat, you know? And uh, it is focused or, you know, uh, uh, in somehow relating to Lancashire. And I'd always loved, uh, I'd never been, but I'd always loved the Wigan Casino mythology. And um, I do also remember, I think we discussed it earlier, Robin, the the Saturday Night uh, Fever film and how it was... um, it was based on uh, an article which turned out to be a bit of a fake <laughs> that, that a journalist has written about the New York, or was it, I think it's the New York uh, clubbing scene, which is actually based on a northern clubbing scene, actually. And I was like, I was very interested in that as well, that, that kind of idea of trying to capture the essence of a scene somehow in a, in a story, and, and but, but to allow the porosity of the story so that music can get into it as well. And obviously the Saturday Night Fever film brought the Bee Gees in. Now, I don't think the Bee Gees are going to come for me for this, my own story. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got the songs in it too. So that was the thing. I, I thought, I want the music. I want to do Wigan Casino. And I want the the story. Rocky is the same, actually. I don't know I'm using film references at the moment. But Rocky, you know, this kind of thing of, of, of really gritty um, kitchen sink drama type um, working class um hardship or difficult lives uh, that were being led in the 70s, maybe, uh, and, and, and in the North, and then the escape from that. 
that was a key thing, the escape from that. So you've got a tonal contrast. You've got the contrast between the, the kind of kitchen sink thing and then suddenly, you know, the, the dance floor flair and, and, and brio and exuberance and the effervescence. And and then I thought, okay, from that we can get the idea of the old, which is a sort of kitchen sink, grim, black and white, uh, 70s club mines and mills, crumbling kind of thing, and, and get from that to this kind of bright, new future that all youth believe they represent <laughs> and, and is, it, is it so essential for the world to keep turning you know that, that young people believe they are the future and think you know to, to slough off the old get rid of you old folk you know you, you're, you're clogging the wheels of, of the future you know let's let be free you know so i wanted that vibe that, that let us be free vibe and so yeah the they escape the kitchen sink drama and off they go to uh, wigan casino i don't think i've given too much away have i I don't think so. No, that seems um, that sounds that's a good summary. Um, uh, w- one thing that I've particularly enjoyed talking to you about, um, and, it, and you know, your passion for this really comes through, is um, that it, you know you're touching on the, the kind of the northern soul scene um, around Wigan Casino, and um, how you wanted to include music in the story. Do you want to sort of talk a little bit about that and how that has manifested, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's- it's been. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened to you, Trumpet. I know that I way back when, in the midst of time, uh, as a teenager, a late teenager, I used to sing opera. But uh, it was a really weird uh, pathway, you know. I was, I was in a school play by uh, it was Bertolt Brecht's Happy End, sung in English. And then the Royal Northern College of Music came along and said, uh, "We're doing the same play, but some of the people, our students, have uh, dropped out. Is anyone can drop in and and sing?" Uh, you know, act in the play and sing songs. By the way, the songs will be in German <laughs> this time round. <laughs> so a couple of us put our hands up, yeah, we'll have a go. So I ended up on the Royal Northern College Music stage singing uh, Bertolt Brecht's uh, Kurt Vile's songs, really, um, in gym. So I really loved that. I loved the, the whole vibe of music and, and, and creation. And then when I was in, 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 in dare I say it, mention it, Yorkshire, <laughs> not like she was in Yorkshire, uh, I was in Yorkshire, and I met a, a, a great uh, composer composer and singer, opera singer, another opera singer called Geraldine Connor, uh, and uh, she wrote Carnival Messiah, which is a very, very big thing, uh, especially in Yorkshire now, and um, I was starting to write radio plays, and because I was hanging with Geraldine Connor, she said, well, look, um, just write me a few poems, and then I'll, I'll, I'll recast them as songs. And I was amazed, you know, I thought, wow, my humble little poem suddenly becomes this amazing stereophonic operatic piece that that just blows your socks off and and so i lost my um reticence around the idea that i could write music i thought well you know poetry and music they both have cadences they both have shape they both have a kind of intonation that you need so i i, I guess i i then started um i don't know how it came about more recently my daughter that's it my daughter she was starting to play piano and she's starting to learn guitar or teach herself guitar and she was singing and um, i was racking my brains how to stage something how to write something for actually national trust um about penry castle and and it's uh dare i say it's slave trade connections a very bleak subject and um i i thought you know the best thing to do here is to write a song I'll write a short story, and the short story is going to be published shortly, but I want to write a song because it's much more accessible. 
people read short stories, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. But perhaps we have to concede many more people connect with music and with the song. And because um, the song could be done uh, quite quickly and etc., I had a team around me that could execute the filming and so on. So we made this song, long story short, and it, it was it was massive. It was you know, everyone was raving about it, saying, "Oh my goodness, what a brilliant thing!" And I must say, my daughter did compose part of the song, and uh, uh, I just gave it sort of the the, the, the music of the poem of it, um, and then we kind of collaborated. That song came about, and so from that, yeah, we got the buzz, and we said, "Okay, we'll do some more songs, music, poems." And she's quite like me, maybe like father, like daughter. She's quite eclectic. She does a lot of different musics. So I said to her, "You know, uh, how do you fancy doing some Northern Souls?" <laughs> I'm writing this story. She says, "Yeah, Dad, okay, let's have a go. What have you got?" And I say, "Well, I've got this." She says, "No, that that that." She's grown up from 15 when we did the first song. You're not 80. She says, "No, Dad, that doesn't work. You know, no, Dad, that's hopeless. No, that line is unsingable. You know, <laughs> that melody melody is terrible." They said, "Okay, Dad, sing the tune over the over the phone. I'll sing the tune." over the phone uh, I meet her she's with her musician friends and she's like now this is what my dad sent me over the phone she's a musician played it they're all falling around laughing saying that is awful that is so terrible <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I've transformed it into <laughs> so yeah all kudos to her she does a great job of transforming my maybe uh, clumsy uh, um, you know, melodic compositions and, and, and efforts uh, and into something much more playable singable uh, and as a result yeah we've developed two or three songs um, in fact the title of the short story Want Me Want Me Want Me Want Me is uh, the, the, the first line of one of the songs and uh, yeah, we got that recorded in the back. We were ready to play it. We, <laughs> we've, uh, we, you know, we, we just have a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, that's the main thing you probably picked up. That I like to enjoy the creative yeah. process, and we have so much fun composing the songs, editing the songs, recording the songs, and playing songs. Recently, to come back to that book of my one drop, um, we I put some songs in that book, and uh, one's called Heavenly Sky. And so I said to my daughter Naomi, I said, "Come along to the uh, launch, and you can play the song." So she comes on, she plays a song, and of course all the audience are like, oh my goodness, what a great singer. And everyone's waiting, wait, wait a minute, it's my book. It's <laughs> <laughs> my book, not a singer. And just yesterday, some journalist uh, came up on my Facebook and said, Pete, uh, can we book your daughter to interview? <laughs> and I'm like, what about my book? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's a lovely thing for a father you know, for that to happen. And yeah, she, she's got a great talent. But I, I, I still insist that I still, I, I too have my writing talent. And the two can work independently as well as in collaboration. I think it's a really great way of, um, it's a different form of promotion, I suppose, one, one way. Uh, you know, you, you, like you said, you're, you're targeting a different audience that we know that the majority of people will listen to music of some description. And part of this project is that we want to make more people um, read short stories. Um, and if we can do that through a connection through music, then fantastic. That's that's really good. That's a really positive outlook. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for people to read the story. It's, it's fantastic. And likewise, can't wait for them to hear the songs as well. It's a a really nice, uh, interesting way of linking in the project with a, another form of another medium. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us today. It's been really great. Thanks for having me, Robin.
You've been listening to The Reading Ramble. This episode has been part of our Lancashire Stories series. Lancashire Stories has been made possible due to funding from Arts Council England Project Grants, Lancashire County Council, Blackburn with Darwin Library Service and Blackpool Library Service. You can find out more about this exciting project on social media at Lanx Libraries. You can also subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from the amazing authors and creatives taking part in the project. Bye for now. Thank you.